Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince, and we are here to talk about the DC comics that are coming out on what date are these books coming out? Twenty eighth, uh, the twenty eighth of September, twenty twenty one. We're gonna start off with a sort of recap of the last month of Fear State. So, um, I almost to- corrected you and said Future State. Uh, you'd be you'd be incorrect <laughs> know, about that. I know, I know. Wow, we can't we can't even do it right without somebody uh, mentioning that. Yeah, <laughs> we could have just skidded right on by. But anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. That's funny, Zach. Do you guys want to sort of give your overall thoughts first, or just go issue by issue? Uh, <laughs> you both sound so excited. You're just chomping at the bit here. I want to. I want to hear this. what Zach thinks of this. Overall, overall, I mean, overall, I want to reference a certain memeable section from a "I think you should leave" skit, but I won't because. Um, I still haven't seen season two. No, it's from season one. Oh, okay. um, but I won't do it because I fall on that one, that old gym, that little nugget a lot. Um, this is not very good. And I I kept thinking while I was reading, I read all the tie-ins mm-hmm. for Tynion. September. Pronounced Tynion. The Tynions. <laughs> um, the Tiny Onions. Um, I kept thinking about that Tynion quote that was something like, we're, we're running these books like the x books mm. and i already feel like that's completely out the window and i don't know if it's just because tinyan's out but like the this is so disconnected everything is so disconnected and it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense i still i'm not as down on the main batman book as i know vince is i still am generally enjoy, enjoying that like main thread um and I, there was one book that I read that I like I absolutely okay I won't say like absolutely adored but I enjoyed quite a bit and I'm sure right. you guys can probably guess what it was I don't know Nightwing 84 no it wasn't that I, know. I, know. No, I didn't like I... that well okay, I, have, so I'll just... I have two I enjoyed there's okay. one I really like too okay the, the Miracle Molly was the one I really liked oh yes. no that wasn't oh I like that a like lot that? I liked that a lot yeah so did I yeah Vincent I can't believe I... you didn't like that I, I liked the art. I there were too many words. I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't think that one was very like too egregious compared to some of the other ones. And it probably was like just because of Danny's art. Um, just fantastic. I was. I don't know if you guys got this. I was getting major um, Tim Sale vibes from from the art in that issue, and it made me very excited for the Arkham City miniseries that they're doing mm-hmm. with dan waters mm-hmm. um but I, I i just like really enjoyed that and typically like i'm of the mind that we don't need origin stories for like all these characters but i actually like really felt for miracle molly's origin story i thought like she was a suitably tragic character and like getting that story totally makes sense um with how she like ended up there and just like it was kind of ham-fisted, but also at the end of the, the story, I was like, 
a little red pilled, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, a, just just a smidge of red. Just pill. a smidge. I was like, yeah, man, society. <laughs> um, we live in it. Um, but yeah, no, I like that issue a lot. Um, even though that wasn't like strictly a fear state tie-in so much. Um, right. Which like. I could say about many of these books, <laughs> not really a fierce right. tie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vince, well, what was the issue you really enjoyed? Harley Quinn. Oh, I didn't like Harley Quinn. I skipped most of it. Really? Oh yeah. my gosh. I skipped ahead to like where it, she got to Gotham, and I was like, this still doesn't connect to Fear State. Well, the here's the thing. I, really I, I honestly forgot to read Harley Quinn this week. That was that's on me. The the you best know? part about Harley Quinn was seeing Hugo Strange and yes. like a, a like the chin batman costume yeah and that's what i liked i yeah i I guess i should clarify my liking of that issue doesn't really have anything to do with its fear state tie-in which is like two pages at the end of the issue um it's more that it was just a really fun issue (laughs) it was um you know riley rosmo great as always and i thought the uh the hugo strange stuff was just perfectly wacky um that I have, stuff, to, go, I have to read some, this later. Yeah, I, gotta, I wish it was more of that and less of like the Harley and the Forest stuff and the the stuff with that weird supervillain team or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't there for that stuff. Is this the same superhero team as Catwoman? No, because there's no. that superhero team, supervillain team rather in Catwoman yeah. too. That's, yeah, different team. Okay, okay. Um, no. So the other issue I enjoyed, I kind of liked. Mostly because of the art again, the tech issue. Um, mm. I felt like Dan Mora's art was was really good in that. Um, but also, I just felt like it was the first time we've spent any time with a character that isn't either like part of the problem or the bat team. I, I liked seeing it from you know, not that I think the mayor is like the, this fantastic character or anything. It's just that. I like it when you get a sense of how Gotham feels about something that's happening. And so I liked that perspective um, a little bit. It wasn't a great issue, but that was my favorite of the bunch besides the Miracle Molly one, which is my favorite. Yeah. I, I think I'm just, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the main book and what I think of that. I'm sure. But I, I just, you know, this is so clearly one of those events where, instead of the event shaping the book for a little bit, it pays lip service to the event with like a line or two or three <laughs> in these well, issues. So that's especially true in the Nightwing issue. Uh-huh. In the Nightwing issue, Taylor basically says like, I can't believe I have to leave Bloodhaven after I've established this as a new place uh, <laughs> like to do this. Like, it, it's, it's so, you can see him like dragging his feet in the script. Yeah. Um although I will say the Nightwing moment had the Nightwing book had one nice moment which was um so predictably Nightwing gets jumped in Crime Alley, Bruce comes and saves him and then he said basically I I saw my father and mother killed in this alley. I wasn't going to let that happen to my son. I just like it when Bruce refers to the Robins as his sons. Mhm. I'm here for that. Yeah. He's large adult sons. Yes. His large adult sons. Um, any thoughts on Catwoman before we uh, move to the main book? I don't even really remember Catwoman. 
there's so much in these i mean and this is fine like these books need to be doing their own things but like there there is i haven't been keeping up with catwoman i haven't been keeping up with harley quinn i've barely been keeping up with tech and there's just there's a lot from those books that i i know is just like like tech has the stuff with the 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 vile guy at the end that that little stinger i'm like nope don't care checking out yeah. um so i don't know i I'm, I'm sure those books are really good on their own. I'm kind of judging them as like fear state tie-ins and they're really bad fear state tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. So let's talk about Batman. Is it 113? Yes, by uh-huh. James Tynan IV and Jorge Jimenez. My only note on this is just, this is all repetitive. There's nothing in here that we didn't know before. Yeah. Yeah. It's especially egregious because of the um because of the fear state alpha which retold everything up to that point and then this restates everything again. Like why do we waste our time with fear state alpha if this is going to be the next issue of Batman? Yeah. Great um, question. <laughs> I I just I oh man, see I don't I don't want to unfairly shit on James Tynion like I, this isn't a Tom King situation where I'm just not going to I'm probably not going to like Tom King anything Tom King does ever again just because like uh, I've been so put off by his last like five projects you know uh, so this isn't that but he's gotten into a groove here with Batman that I think I'm just a little tired of and anytime it switches to a new um, scene, so to speak, some character is making a speech, right? <laughs> like th- he could not bring uh, Ghostmaker into this issue without Ghostmaker speechifying for a couple pages, right? Yes. And Bruce is even telling him to shut up, you know, but he doesn't, he doesn't stop and he can't stop. And it's all stuff like, well, you, you think this way, Bruce, and I think this way. <laughs> and every character in this book does that. And then it's, it loads itself up on words and exposition. You get an entire page where um, Crane, uh, the co- college-age Crane, I guess, is explaining his fear state thesis. Something that we've already seen a different character explain in the exact same terms about, about giving all these people... Uh, in the city something to fear so that they come together and and push themselves to be something greater than they were before whatever we heard that all before from somebody else (laughs) and it's but it's being presented to us in a way where we're supposed to think it's some this like brilliant or crazy idea that this guy has but we've already heard the trick you know we've already experienced it and i i just you know uh the, the whole bit where Ghostmaker and Bruce are like looking at Bruce's time under the influence of, of the scarecrow. Like all of that felt like, what, like, what are they doing? And and then all to the end of that, all that is to say that like Bruce figures out that peacekeeper one must be under the influence of scarecrow. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at the end, he says something like, Oh, scarecrow's, 
Scarecrow's controlling him too or something like that. And it's like, no shit, Bruce. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how that's not already. They took, he took an entire issue to figure that out. Like right. what? I, I don't, I don't get what Tynion's doing here and not moving things forward at all in, in my mind. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm not gonna go as far as to say that I'm not enjoying his Batman title right now. I just feel like this is what happens to event comics, or like not even event comics. This is what happens to big arcs now in the Superman books or the Batman books or any book, any title that has any family of titles that has like three or four books in it. Is just that we spend so much time making sure that people are aware of what's happening, that nothing actually happens. Yeah. I don't think that's like, I don't think that's uh, endemic to Tynion. I think no. that's just kind of how, how like these types of stories happen now, which I'm well, not, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not making an excuse for him for that. It's no, just, no, 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 no. You know, isn't yeah. it, isn't it funny that like Tynion's previous arc featured a constant reminder that fear state was coming for like, you know, six or seven issues or whatever it was. Yes. And the Superman books that also were doing like war world is coming like eight in the, in, in those two comics, like eight months before it's actually here now. Right. The, the books are doing the same thing. And I'm, I'm just not sure. Like you said, Brian, yeah, they care more about getting, getting people up to speed for an event than doing the actual story, I guess. I, Zach, to your point uh, about the Hickman stuff, like Hickman's interview that you sent to us, I think it was today. Mm-hmm. I, reading that just peeled back in some onion for me, I think, because he says a lot in there about how the stuff that didn't, that he thought didn't work about his time sort of masterminding the the x-men books so much of what didn't work was down to scheduling or things that he didn't get to were down to well i couldn't do this until this other thing happened and then you know and then things change over time and it just and it just makes you think like how much i mean this is obvious to us we've talked about this before but to hear a, a writer actually talk about it in these terms you know it's it's really remarkable that like how much can i blame james tynion for the way that this story has been doled out when you know that behind the scenes there's all these moving pieces that hickman is talking about that derails like one of the best things marvel had going for a long time you know right um it it just makes me think like well, and Tynion too. He's doing the 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 um, Substack thing where he's spilling about things that changed with his plans for Batman, and it just makes you think, like, yeah, maybe maybe those changes had to happen, and maybe they didn't, but it certainly didn't make for a better story, you know? Right. Um, sorry, I've hogged enough of the time, but I just wanted to, I wanted to get that Hickman point out there because I read that interview this morning, and it was it, ugh. It is a very interesting interview. Um, It opened my third eye. Yeah. (laughs) Zach, sorry. No, I I really don't have that much more to say other than like, do I think that like 
um, that Tynion can still kind of stick the landing here. Yeah, I do. I just think like, <sighs> I'm kind of bummed that this is how he's going to go out, you know, mm -hmm. with this. Um, Cause it, it doesn't feel, And uh, I don't know, it just doesn't feel, you know, like I feel almost nothing about it. And I've really enjoyed his run a lot so far. Um, but this just kind of like smacks of, you know, editorially mandated. We got to wrap things up. We got to do things. And, and like, I mean, it's funny how much so much of his run has been tied up in that, too, because of like, is 5G going to happen? Is it not? Future State, Infinite Frontier. Am I even going to stay on this book? It's kind of impressive that it's even been as good as it is, you know? Um, and like, also how much, I don't know, how much can you expect from Cape Comics, really? It, it's just a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I was a bit more excited for some of these tie-ins and then actually reading them and realizing like how much how little most of this stuff is going to matter really kind of puts a damper on this event. I think, like I said, I'm still interested in reading the main book, but it is not going to be a big cohesive reading experience. Like I kind of hoped with DC pushing that whole, um, you know, checklist and everything, making it, making it look like it was going to be something that it's clearly not. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's my biggest gripe with all of this actually is that, I think if you look at the sort of what Fear State was supposed to be, I think there's a good story in there. And I think that there's, you know, this is like the blackest night effect where something is supposed to be. I'm sure that Tynion did not walk into the bad offices and was like, have I got a crossover for you? You know, <laughs> but, but at some point it becomes that and it can't just be the story it's supposed to be. It becomes this much bigger, much more elaborate story. And when you're dealing with that, it just becomes you're watering down the actual story in the name of like making it into something even bigger. But mm -hmm. it's not even bigger. It's not even close to being bigger. You know, it's just it, it just becomes lesser than. Yeah. And that that's my big gripe with all this. It's just that this this very much feels lesser than it should based on all of the information that that we had going into it. Like yeah, there hasn't been a good. The... Oh, go ahead. I said there hasn't been a good Scarecrow event in a long time. The Scarecrow is a really unique, good bat character. I like the way the book is using. You know, I, I think that each of the characters in the in the bat sphere could tell an interesting sta Scarecrow story, but instead we barely get that. We get a Scarecrow story in Batman, and everything else is just like feeling the effects of it. And there's not a big enough story for six or eight books, whatever it is, to feel the effects of this. Yeah, honestly, like I would say that Joker War was probably a bigger story than this, and I know that that had tie-ins too, but it it wasn't really to this scale, I don't think, unless I'm misremembering. Uh, I'm not sure. I honestly don't know either. Yeah, I might be wrong <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, not the best. Not the worst, but not the best. Like I said, I am, you know, there are a lot of books in here that like, I think would be better on their own. Like Harley Quinn, like Catwoman, like I Am Batman. Um, 
you know, this, this Arkham City thing that I mentioned before, which is a six issue mini and is on the checklist, I would be very surprised if this, if it, like, it's a six issue mini that's going to run past Fear State. I don't, I, I'm very skeptical about how much it actually ties into Fear State. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's all just a huge mess. Yes, agreed. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the other issues that came out this week that have nothing to do with Fear State. So stay tuned. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back with Deathstroke Inc. number one, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Howard Porter. We've been excited for this book for some time. The pairing of the creative team and the sort of like purposeful follow up on the Christopher Priest run and having Black Canary as part of the book. Like there, there's a lot to be excited about here uh, in theory. So I'm interested to hear what you guys thought in practice. Vincey, what did you think of Deathstroke Inc. number one? Um, well, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to where the book is going going but something about the first issue left me a little cold um i i like all the ingredients i i will say but i think kind of the the seemingly monster of the week focus on this particular conflict with this with this strange like uh insect the hive the hive villain yeah thing like that didn't really rope me in but everything else I i'm interested in everything else you know so if it's going to be this thing going forward where these like little one-off stories or whatever i i may or may not be into that but i i i am interested in the 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 arc of this for sure i wonder if that structure was just an elegant way to introduce us to the team to Toy Man and you know to all that to just just like to show them in action, essentially. I, yeah, maybe I, I'm hoping that's it. But I also I also think I remember uh, Williamson saying something about how his his Deathstroke was going to be more sort of a serial. Um. Or wait, is that is that the right term? It's going to be more like uh, more of a, a monster of the week thing rather than longer arcs. Um, I'm kind of fine with that. We get like a tease at the end of this issue of like future story arcs, which that's oh, that's like, that's the DC three catnip right there. Yeah, yeah, that is. Which honestly was probably like the best part of the issue for me, especially because there was that tease. It looks like they're gonna go to Prometheus's like alternate dimension house. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what that was. Um, which I you know that's more Morrison bait. Um. I didn't love this issue. I thought it was just okay. Um, it's more like secret organization 
bullshit that like DC is obsessed with right now. A lot of that going on. I'm not I'm not super here for this. Um like that concept. So I you know well, what if it, Marvel was doing it? Well if Marvel I'm was kidding. doing it, um now you're did you see that? I think you did. I think I sent you that um the MCU theory thing about Secret Wars where like the MCU Secret Wars is not going to be like different universes. It's going to be all the the like secret organizations in the Marvel universe. Did you see yeah. that? Yes, incredibly cursed. I did big sicko yeah. mode stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um uh, but actually Marvel is doing it right now and it's in the next books and it's good. So um, there's that. You opened the door. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was just okay. I thought this issue was just okay, but I think this series moving forward is going to be really cool. And I did kind of want to talk about coming off of the Fear State Bat conversation. It really does feel like post-Fear State, we're going to have two separate Bat universes really in a way we're going to have like the stuff that all the other bat riders are doing with this like shadow of the bat thing mm-hmm. the gotham batman stuff and then you're going to have the williamson Batverse, which is going to be batman robin and deathstroke inc um because there's there's quite a bit of batman connective tissue here with them having all of batman stuff right um and using the incorporated name, especially with the knowledge now that we have the, you know, solicits from Williamson's first Batman issues that he's bringing back Batman Inc. in some capacity. Um, and so I think it's going to be interesting that we're, we're going to kind of just have these two sides to to Batman stories going on at the same time. And it'll be interesting, it'll be interesting to see which one is better. I kind of already think I know which one I'm going to think is better, but you never know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to comment on a few things you said there. First of all, I don't love all the secret organization stuff either. Not because I'm not a fan of those secret organizations. It just, to me, feels like there's three or four different areas of the DC universe doing this, and all of them are doing it their own way. So it doesn't feel like a cohesive, a cohesive thing. Like, I'd be fine with it if we were going to, if the next crisis was going to be like, information crisis where it's all the different secret organizations like i could be really into that that would be a fun a fun event but like williams is doing his stuff here which at least initially doesn't track at all with what bendis is doing over in the justice league books which are you know and and checkmate i'm sorry i have to i have to interrupt real quick mm -hmm. did you see the solicit for the justice league annual yes yes yeah, that looks good. <laughs> well, I mean, but did you see what it said? What it's what it's moving towards? Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sicko. Continue, Brian. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think if that stuff was more cohesive, I would have I'd be game for it, but it's not at all cohesive right now. So, um, you know, th- that part I'm not super there for. I I still think this idea it, for a book is a really good one. I kind of like it being more like standalone one-shot type stories. I, I think the comics today are... I mean, look, we just spent 25 minutes shitting on Fear State because it was too connective and it was it's too... There well, isn't I shit enough, on it because it wasn't connective enough. Or, 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 rather, it's, it's too... It's, 
it's the opposite of this. Like it's you know, it's taking 10 issues mm-hmm. to tell the story of one, whereas yeah. this tells more or less a contained issue. So I I refuse to to hold both of those opinions about this book right now. Mm. I, I think this book is exactly what I want it to be at the moment. And here's the other thing. I think that for for us and for me, I'll only speak for myself right now. Every Deathstroke run for the rest of time is going to be paling in comparison to what Priest did with his Deathstroke run. So mm-hmm. I'm really trying to never utter the phrase like when well, Priest's run. But I think that this book is doing a good job of both remembering that stuff, but also quickly, pretty quickly establishing this is something a little bit different than that. And I think it's a good mix. It, I, I do wish that this issue maybe didn't spend so much time like in this this hive area, not because of the monster of the week element, like Vince was saying, just because I feel like I want a better sense of what's happening in this book on sort of a macro level. Mm-hmm. And we can't get that because we're spending so much time in the hive stuff. I don't mind it for the like I said, I, I don't mind that we're spending time there. I just wish if we were spending time there, it was more substantive. Yeah, I agree. Um, the hive stuff was also a little bit too close to the to the nuclear family, to me. Like, you know what I'm talking about? The um, oh, whose villains were those? Um, you know, the nuclear family, like the family of of robots. That was like uh, this, like nice. Isn't that like the division? No, 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 no. That that reminds me of the 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 Joker bit and. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm, like his little robot family at the theme park. I know that's sure. not what you're talking about, but no. that's what I, oh, but I don't was know out- what you're talking about. Yes, it was Outsiders villain from the old uh, Mike W. Barr Outsiders run. Okay. Um, they, they were literally called the Nuclear Family. And uh, they were oh, like... Oh, I Andrew. remember them. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Come yeah. back to me now. Yeah. So when I'm reading this, I'm like, is this the Nuclear Family? And then I guess it wasn't, but it was really it was close enough that it was weird. I, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't into that particular story, but, but I like all the ingredients here. I like, did you guys notice that the director of uh, trust is Juliet Ballantyne? Who do you know who, do you know who has the last name Ballantyne at DC? It's Libra. Oh, oh, okay. interesting. Yeah, Libra okay. was Justin Valentine. So potentially a new Libra, shades of uh uh Final Crisis maybe? Maybe. I think that would be cool if like you know, cuz one of the threads of Final Crisis was uh Libra organizing these villains, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happening here. So it'd be Williamson or somebody at DC again pinching off a little of what Morrison was doing. There's so much Morrison going on, you guys. Well, so I, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about here, um, especially because we're getting a lot of stuff that I feel like, even if it's not more, if, even if it's not specifically Morrison influenced, it's stuff that just feels like it comes from that sort of era of DC. Even something like I know this technically it's a Jeff Loeb creation, but like. Toy Man 2.0 just feels like a hearkening back to a yeah to like to the Morrisonian era. I actually think this character, 
I know he was used by him. I don't know if he's it's his creation, but Greg Pak used this character a lot. Yes, his it, stuff. Uh, I believe it's a Jeff Loeb Ed McGinnis. The Toy uh, Man Two is yes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but just like you know, it just feels like it's a a throwback to a to a bygone era of comics. And but I was gonna say for I feel like for a while Morrison was somewhat absent from DC in terms of the influence on the different books. A lot of it didn't feel like it was influenced by Morrison's writing. Whereas now I feel like everything is Morrison influenced. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's a good so, thing. Somebody took that quote where, where Morrison said, uh, they were paraphrasing somebody else. So that it would sound very arrogant if Morrison said this about themselves. But uh, it was some quote that was like, Grant Morrison gave the DC universe life again, but it fell in love with Jeff Johns. Yeah. This whole status quo feels like writers taking it back for Morrison. <laughs> yes. And Which I is, love that. Yes, that that is intrinsically good. That is that is a very, very good thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else to say? I, I, I do want to say also... Um, I am not always the biggest Howard Porter fan, but I think what Porter's doing here is actually really fun and was, you know, like the, the, the hive creatures were sufficiently gross and, and, and uh, lumpy and the action was, was well-paced. And uh, I, I thought this was a pretty good visual issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move over to the other, Joshua Williamson book of the week, and that is Robin number six, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Gleb Melnikoff. So this, I, I have a very specific thing I want to talk about with this, which is, to me, we were talking before about how there's going to be sort of these two different Gothams. There's going to be the Williamson Gotham and then the everyone else Gotham. And this feels like if I am, I am both shocked and relieved that we are at issue six of Robin and we're getting multiple battles from this tournament. I mean, the whole tournament almost happens in this issue. Yeah. You get down to like the final eight. Yeah. And I feel like eight. that would that would never happen in the other bat books right now. It's yeah. a little silly. It took six issues to get here, but a lot has happened across those six issues. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed that. I'm I'm still loving Melnikov's art. I think that this the the stuff at the end with the sort of the folks who are trying to figure out what's going on here, sort of showing their cards that maybe maybe not everyone's as into this as they're, you know, quote supposed to be. I thought all that was handled really well. I'm I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I agree. This was really good. I enjoyed this quite a bit. I really like the cast of this book a lot. Um like i think the you know the praise i've been heaping on like the tinyan bat book a lot of it comes down to like how much i like all of the new the new characters that he has created i feel similarly with williamson in this book um with like flatline and uh respawn and like repurposing other characters you know in interesting ways which is another thing like tiny has done you know talking about like his use of harley quinn 
um, the way Williamson uses uh, um, Ravager and Connor Hawk. Connor Hawk. Yeah, exactly. That's all really good to me. Yeah. And the best thing about it is that I, I feel pretty confident that none of these characters are going to need their like own issue of exposition <laughs> explaining <laughs> their backstories and what their deal is you know we're williamson is endearing us to these characters without through, a secret files issue <laughs> yes through the yeah. story arc um i love this book with no reservations like everything about it works for me um the art is tremendous. I love the way the characters look. I love their faces. I love their costumes. I love the way they fight. Uh, Melnikov's killing it. Um, and I think Williamson, it's his best book. It's his best book at DC, I think, because it's the one that, like, it nails the tone and the feel that it's going for. Um, it, it feels like a book that's not, hampered either editorially or by Williamson having too many ideas, you know, something like infinite frontier, as much as I enjoyed that mini series, there was still, you know, you could see the seams a little bit. This to me, just every choice he's making with the characters and the story is, is working for me. Um, it's so much fun that you can feel the manga influence. Um, and somehow even while containing a volume of manga <laughs> as a uh, MacGuffin in the story, it's not overplaying its manga hand. <laughs> I really liked the the line in this one where Flatline was talking about like, oh, Lord Deathman doesn't let me read manga for some reason. Like, I don't know. That was like really silly, but I thought it was very funny. That's great. Yeah. And I love that bit with, with her and, and Lord Deathman. That's like a somehow somehow kind of endearing you to lord Deathman, also yeah it's yeah. <laughs> so weird um and then did you notice that one of the one of the characters that's fighting in the tournament's name is jiro mm -hmm. um like the bat manga oh i didn't actually catch that but yeah. that's cool yeah so man yeah this book just rocks like if i had to pick one book at dc i could only read one book it would be this robin book it's my wow. favorite book that's yeah praise I want to double back to something you said, though. You said that, you know, you feel this is Williamson's best book of DC because you can't really see the seams on it. Uh -huh. I wonder if that's because it literally is an island. Right. There's there's not needing to fit in any other connections here. This book is telling its own unique individual story. And so because of that, he's not hampered by having to make last minute rewrites or. No, you can't do that with this character because this writer has stakes to them right now, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There was the one issue where where the rest of the bat he goes back to the bat family for for an issue, but um, that didn't tie into anything. So exactly. Yeah. yeah that that yeah. felt like you know they wanted to do that versus felt like they had to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point. I'm sure. Yeah. It's always interesting to me because uh, I, you and I, Vince, you always talk about how we we're just here for the meta narrative, uh -huh. and yet we both love this book that has very little to do with the meta narrative. Yeah, uh, but see, I think it really is going to be a big thing in the meta. It's in it's, it might it's, yeah it's, it might it's feeding be. the William meta narrative Williamson meta narrative. I think yeah right. Oh look at look at Zach is bringing like uh, 
he's bringing like uh, the stuff that he likes about Marvel over to here. No, just, which is no. he's like Williamson is his uh, Al Ewing. Yeah, he is though. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> they're not the similar. Thing. Yeah, they're not similar writers, but you know, you you care about the stuff he's doing, right? right yeah. Um. Yeah, I do wonder if Mother Soul has a bigger role than just this book. Um, because I'm, I think Mother Soul is going to end up being Talia's mother. Interesting. You know, that is and, interesting. And then that wouldn't surprise me if that goes on to influence, like, whatever the next part of the meta narrative is that Williamson has planned. You know, if you look at that last page where Robin figures out who Mother Soul is. Mm-hmm we see respawns like hook coming towards him. Right. And so it seems to me like there's going to be a connection between respawn and whoever mother soul is too. And that would kind of be a fun thing if it's like his cousin or some Mm. other relative, because, because he is the child or the grandchild or whatever of mother soul. Yeah. Not that we need more Robin half siblings running around (laughs) because there's quite a few of those already, but it's a fun idea. All right. That brings us to our final book of the week. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number three, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by John Timms. Zach, start us off with this one. Uh, I like this a lot. Um, with the caveat of I, I do feel like this issue kind of commits the crime of basically redoing a lot of what happened in the last issue again. Um, outside of some like really good character stuff between um, between Jay and Connor and then like between not Connor gosh John <laughs> between Jay and John and then like the stuff with the family at the end but um, it was kind of just like more of the stuff that I've liked about this series so far um, so I can kind of forgive that a little bit but I can understand why maybe you know, a, a more fair criticism of the book highlights that. Vinzi? Yeah, I uh, I loved this. I I think John Timms is really it's a, it's a real glow up there. I can't get over it. I can't get over how much better I've liked his art in the last year than I than I had before. Um, or just how much more I've noticed the little details and, and how good he is. Um, so there, there is that, but you know, all the little character beats pretty much all worked for me. Um, I love the stuff uh, with Superman, you know, potentially leaving the planet for quote unquote good tonight like kind of as a surprise like i feel like that's that all of that was you know aside from yeah the the weirdness of this new character getting dropped into the family dynamic and then having that happen aside from all of that like the 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 emotional beats that were struck were really nice i think um so yeah I, i yet again dug this comic yeah, I, I agree with all that you guys said. The one part we haven't really talked about yet is the uh, the end of the comic, which features again 
Bendix, which we've talked about. Did we talk about that last time, or is that two issues no, ago we, we talked did. about Bendix? Well, it was whenever the last issue was. Okay, I feel like I feel like that character is. It's interesting that the character, everything that's, how can I say this? I don't find that character here particularly interesting, but everything that character touches gets interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. We're bringing baggage knowing that that's a Wildstorm yes, exactly. character. Yes, exactly. Versus anything he's actually doing here. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. Um. I, I don't think there's anything on the page here about Bendix. It's all, that, it's all that interesting. But I'm interested to see where Taylor takes this. Um, it's amazing how we've been talking about with the uh, Jace Fox Batman stuff, how it feels like just the bungled version of 5G, whereas this does not feel like the bungled version of 5G. This yeah. feels much more confident and assured and well put together in the context of the current status quo which makes sense considering a lot of the groundwork was already laid previously um you know you compared like this and next batman and like yara floor wonder woman and this is clearly doing the best i would argue that next batman is probably doing the worst although like yara floor Wonder Woman is definitely getting the least visibility, I think, which mm-hmm. is a shame just because of like the volume of story is so low. Yeah. At this point. And um, that book's been delayed a bunch too. Yeah. And like she was supposed to get a CW show, which isn't happening. Uh, there's a lot, but I don't know. This this is definitely doing. Taylor's doing a good job with this, definitely, and you know whatever stuff Philip Kennedy Johnson is doing in concert with it, I mostly enjoyed as well. I think I'm gonna like the Superman books not being all one story and not all one Clark story for a bit. You know, it, it reminds me in a way of at the very end of the pre-Flashpoint DC Universe, how Tech was the Dick Grayson Batman book and Batman was the Bruce Wayne Batman book. And we haven't really had a Superman version of that ever. So it's really fun to have. I think it's going to be a very fun thing when those two books don't cross over at all for a while. I don't know for how long that will last, but I think for at least the first at least the next six months or so you're not going to see these books cross over mm-hmm. that's good it's a very good thing anything else to say about this issue mm, no I don't think so I guess not all right well that does it for this week's books Vincy what is out next week oh god damn it <laughs> I don't have I don't have them. What do you What do you want me to do? I, Prepare for the show. I have so I ha- I did. I was up until two a.m. preparing last night. Ah, uh, I don't even know where to find. Here, I got it. I got it. I got you. it. Thank you. Um. So we've got. So these are the books coming out. 
on 10 5 uh batman 114 nice house on the lake five swamp thing eight suicide squad eight green lantern seven um uh arkham city order of the world i'm excited for that uh crushing lobo five joker puzzle box three Wonder Woman 80th pay or 80th anniversary 100 page super spectacular. Are you afraid of dark side? Number one, that uh, Halloween one shot. Um, I think but, that's it. What would the name of the uh, campfire scary stories group be in? Are you afraid of the dark side? And if, if it's not the uh, Midnight Ooh. Society. Um the light race society. The Doctor Midnight Society. <laughs> I was go. gonna say the uh the dark something with the dark racer. The black racer rather. Black uh, racer. Um the black racer society. Yeah, th- th- that that just sounds like a racist organization. <laughs> um but yeah. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that. Uh if you need to find us before then, two thirds of us are on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an app. I am at Walker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he is doing his best to avoid uh, anything about the Packers this season, it appears. Mm-hmm. The who, so, who? Exactly. What? It's funny because last week I wished you a, a win for the Packers, and here we are. I'm already ignoring the Packers. Yeah. yeah. Um, make sure to go to dc3cast.com, find our Patreon. We're doing a lot of fun stuff over there, including our first quarterly Q&A, which should be up by the time you guys hear this. And, um, yeah, so check us out there, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. They were definitely more organized in how they approached a game that versus her school one. Sure. Know, as far as, like, playing together. And then it's much more enjoyable to watch. But I don't know. I always heard it's about it's how you play the game. It's not whether you win or lose. <laughs> That's what I was always taught. But... <laughs> Oh, that's because you're just such a nice boy, Zach. Yeah, ducks ducks fly together.